What up, what up, what up? Welcome to episode two of When the Hunt Calls. Uh, if you are joining me, I'm currently sitting at the back of my truck, my work truck that is, um, enjoying the weather out here in New York City. Beautiful, beautiful um, winter day, honestly. Really cool. Definitely, uh, what do the weathermen like to say, or the weather people? Uh, unseasonably warm it is, but it is what it is, and I'm pretty sure everybody in New York is uh, out there enjoying it. And I hope the weather is just as nice, just as good, and treating you just as well out in your neck of the woods. All right. So uh, before we get started in this episode, I uh, wanted to <clears throat> take note of two things. First one, I want you guys to, um, if you get the opportunity, to check out on social media um, a gentleman by the name of Marquise Coaston. Um, on Instagram, he goes by I underscore am underscore Marquise Coaston. Um, and you can check him out also on Instagram as True Visions Camel. Marquise is the uh, creator of True Visions Camel, his very own uh, camel pattern. Um, and he is a husband, a father, um, just a all around really cool, really cool guy, real cool peoples. Um, unfortunately though, um, he and his family are experiencing some things that, uh, that probably for me would be one of my greatest nightmares because I, I honestly don't know how to handle it but <clears throat> um, his wife is battling cancer right now and um, what Marquise has done is he has set up a fundraiser a raffle fundraiser and I really would like you guys to go and check it out purchase raffle raffle tickets there are some awesome prizes and just know that the money raised from um, this uh, raffle fundraiser is all going to the Coaston family. Um, and, you know, to help with Jennifer, uh, if I didn't mention it before, Jennifer Coaston, his wife, um, helping with her battle uh, with cancer. Um, if I'm correct, <clears throat> I believe a list of the prizes are um, a custom AR-15, um, so make sure if you do buy a raffle, make sure it is legal for you to own an AR-15 in your city or state. Um, the cool thing about this AR-15, how it's customized, it is it is customized in Marquise's uh, True Visions camel pattern. It looks really dope, something for you guys to check out. Um, there is, um, I believe, a fishing trip being given away. Um, there's even a bow rack being given away again check out um i underscore am underscore marquise coaston on instagram or true visions true visions camel on instagram um and i figured the least i can do um to help this brother out to help him and his family out with all this was to contribute to um this raffle so uh i told marquise this morning um, I said I'd like to contribute uh, a half a dozen box, not a half dozen boxes, but uh, a box of six. <clears throat> what do you call it? Uh, Easton Arrow, Easton Archery FMJ Arrows. Um, so if it hasn't been updated yet when you are listening to this podcast, check it out. 
the Coulson family, Jennifer Coulson, uh, battle with cancer, raffle, fundraiser, uh, benefiting the Coulson family um, as Jennifer, you know, fights this fight. You know, God bless his family. Go check this out. Buy a raffle, whatever you can do. I know Marquise and his family would greatly appreciate it. All right. Um, number two, what do you call it? I know, <clears throat> what do you call it? I had mentioned that When the Hunt Calls would have guests on. Now, what I'm doing is I am still getting comfortable with using this uh, audio mixing app, uh, GarageBand. So I've spent the last couple of days getting really familiar with it, trying to make the audio a little bit cleaner for you guys and so on. Um, so to make this podcast a little bit more enjoyable. So today, uh, no guests. It'll just be me. And I will talk to you guys about my second day heading out into the field and getting hunting done. All right, so um, originally this segment was recorded um, the day before you're actually, uh, maybe two days before you're actually hearing this or that it was actually published on whatever platform you're listening to. But um, I had a couple of uh, technical difficulties in terms of um, editing the audio, getting everything just right. And so I had to re-record this segment. All right. So from the uh, the beautiful weather that I was experiencing at the back of my truck on my lunch break, um, I am now in the comfort of my car parked outside the front of my house. Um, it's late night, uh, and I wanted to re-record this and get this done before I actually, actually headed out for my 5k run for the day. All right. So as I mentioned before, I wanted to share with you the second of the three days that I had actually gotten the opportunity to go out to hunt. Um, mainly because the second day was actually a real eye opener for me. All right. So a little backstory. The first day um, I had gone out to hunt with my cousin, Junior, um, didn't go very well. Um, we were late. Um, gear was forgotten. There was a lot of back and forth from our hunting spot to the car. Um, and uh, at long story short, at the end of the day, that first day, um, we, well, I ended up getting busted by a doe. Um, that I was trying to stalk and she basically just ran off. And then um, the funny part uh, to the end of that story was that as we packed up our gear and was driving off, we spotted that doe on the side of the road just staring at us. Might as well have been waving by as we were going, you know what I'm saying? So that was the end of day one. Now, um, day two, like I said, really really meant a lot to me. Um, all right. So day two, um, was, was great in that we started on time. Um, we got to the hunting property way before sunrise. So it was really dark out. Um, and I can't front kind of creepy. Um, you know what we were getting dressed, getting changed in the cold. It had to be about maybe 40 some odd degrees 
which normally isn't too bad, but that early in the morning and then having driven, you know, two hours to get to that property, um, it wasn't too fun getting changed outside the car, but we got it done. We got changed, grabbed our gear, and then um, basically started heading over to our spots. Now, um, one of the things I didn't mention was that on our first day hunting, we were using climbers. Um, now, because of, you know, safety reasons and health reasons, health concerns that I had, um, I talked my cousin into buying a ground blind and I did the same. So, um, so with this day two, we basically, we grabbed our, our ground blinds, um, headed out to my cousin's spot, um, trying to make as little noise as possible, you know, uh, got him set up. Uh, got him in his ground blind and ready to go. Now, the walk from um, my cousin's spot to my spot where I would be hunting out of my blind was about a good 150, maybe 200 yards. Um, and it's pitch black, you know what I'm saying? So I had to find this, this sort of spot that I had maybe two, three weeks before kind of cleared out um I made sure it was going to be perfect for my blind. I had to uh, find that in the dark. Well, it wasn't totally dark. I had a headlamp on with a red lens. So that way I wasn't drawing too much attention to myself being out there. So as I'm walking through these woods, um, I'm walking really slow, trying to make as little noise as possible. When all of a sudden I hear howling. I ain't... I'm. I can't front, you know, I ain't even gonna lie. That scared the crap out of me, all right? Um, you are talking to a city boy uh, born and raised, and outside of a, a movie or a TV show, I had never heard anything like that. Now, to make it worse was that after that single howl was... An even scarier noise, and that was the chorus of howls that came right after that. That bugged the hell out of me. I'd be lying if I told you that it didn't scare me. Um, that had me crap in my pants. I can't front. Um, but, um, you know, when it comes to fear, it's what you do, you know, uh to get past it that I think counts, you know what I'm saying? I think every every once in a while, at some point in their life, every human being is afraid or experiences fear of some kind. It's what they do to get through it that matters. So I pretty much just did my best to ignore it. Um, I set up my ground blind. Now the blinds that um, my cousin and I bought, the same brand, um, I believe were called the um, Ameristep Doghouse Blind. Um, I, I hope I got the name right, but I'm pretty sure it was called the dog. The model was a doghouse blind. And to be honest, it was correctly named because, <laughs> um, to be true, truthful, like it was a blind I could not really stand up in. Not, not to say all blinds should be able to, but I had expected to have a little bit more room, but truth be told, I've seen dog houses probably bigger than this, uh, ground blind, not to crap on, you know, Ameristep's, uh, uh, products and whatnot. But, um, so as quietly as possible, you know, as quiet as you can be trying to hammer a stake into the ground. Um, you know, I set up my blind, um, 
set up uh, my seat inside the blind, opened up the windows so I could get the view that I wanted, you know, in the shooting lanes I had cleared out. Um, got the little uh, bow stand attached to my bow so that way it was, you know, right next to me, had my arrow knocked, ready to go, and so on. So thank God um, there were no issues. I got all of that done um, way before first light. So, um, so I literally just sat there in the quiet, um, listening to coyotes howl. And to be honest, I just prayed, man. Uh, it was one of the dopest feelings to just be sitting there in silence, you know, with my own thoughts. Um, I mean, it wasn't complete silence because pretty much just a nice breeze blowing could hear the, you know, the leaves on the ground, uh, you know, blowing around. It was really, really cool. But um, for me, the eye-opener or the blessings that I felt came as the sun started to rise. So I'm sitting there. I can see, you know, not necessarily the sun coming up, but, you know, the, the morning starting. And what necessarily... Um, started all that wasn't necessarily the light coming through um into my blind but was the just the sounds of the woods just taking over little by little as my eyes were getting adjusted to the light coming up coming in i could see chipmunks you know running around um as the sun you know went up even higher, I could see squirrels running around. Um, and more and more as the sun raised up in the sky, uh, I could see blue jays. Those were the three animals I spent a better part of the day watching. Um, I felt like I was on an episode of National Geographic and the stars of the episode were blue jays, squirrels, and chipmunks. Um, Sounds kind of, you know, unimportant, but it was a lot for me. You know what I'm saying? A lot for me to be able to just sit there patiently looking for deer. But in the moment of doing all that, looking for deer, listening for deer coming through, appreciating this wildlife that I would normally you know, here in the city take for granted. Like in New York City, there are squirrels everywhere. Um, but blue jays are few and far between. Um, you know what I'm saying? The closest thing you have to a blue jay out here are pigeons. And uh, I'm sick and tired of staring at pigeons, to be honest. And um, chipmunks, you don't see out here at all as well. At least not down here in the city. So... You know, it was a lot to take in, you know what I'm saying, to to listen to these woods come to life as the sun was rising. It was truly a blessing, truly something I won't forget. Um, I know a lot of people had told me, you know, that when you're out in the woods, even if you don't see, um, you don't see deer, you don't see the uh, the animal if you don't see the animal that you're necessarily hunting for, watching the woods come alive, you know, early in the morning is a blessing. 
is an awesome thing to see. You know what I'm saying? Just seeing those three of God's creatures, those three of God's creatures made my day. Um, so that was the morning part. Um, <laughs> I, I should tell you that that sit, I sat in that blind all day long. It was about a 12 hour sit. Um, how did I do that? I, uh, I packed lunch. I packed a bottle of water, um, a huge bottle of water, a bottle of Gatorade and an empty bottle just so you know, I can do what I got to do. Um, now, if any of you want to know, um, well, how did you handle uh, doing a number two, Cliff? Well, I did not want to leave the blind for anything. So what I did was I planned ahead. Uh, the day before, um, what I did was I took Imodium AD tablets. Um, for those of you who uh, don't know what Imodium AD is, it's basically an over-the-counter drug that you could take for, um, you know, to battle diarrhea. Um, little known fact, maybe it's a big known fact, I don't know, but um, a lot of long-distance runners sometimes as a, as a trick for not having to use the bathroom day of the race or during the race, you know, long-distance runners take, uh, you know, anti-diarrhea medicine hours before their race, again, just so they don't have to go take a crap while they're in the middle of their marathon or whatever. It was a trick that I used when I ran my first and second marathon. Shameless plug. Yes, I like to run. Um, so that's how I was able to endure, um, you know, sitting in the blind all day and not having to take a crap. All right. I did not want to get out the blind. I had also bought a book with me to read while I sat there, which was pretty cool. Um, if you guys are interested, I read uh, Stephen King's Thinner. Um, that book had been sitting on my shelf for many, many years. So it was pretty cool to be able to get through that book, uh, you know, that whole day, definitely past the time. So, um, so yeah, so it was a blessing to see the woods come alive in the morning. Um, I was able to sit, you know, the 12 hours in a day, but, um, after watching the woods come alive in the morning, um, I grew to despise squirrels. I have, um read memes on Instagram. I've reposted memes on Instagram about squirrels making so much friggin' noise out in the woods. I thought it was a joke. Oh, hell no. I swear, I watched for a better part of the day these two squirrels has to be playing what I would call tag back and forth all around my blind all freaking day. And every time I thought I heard deer movement, is these two annoying behind squirrels just running around in circles making noise. Then the other thing was acorns. There's plenty of, there were plenty of acorns, you know, in the woods I was hunting, right? But hearing them drop sounded like a brick falling from the sky. Every time I heard one drop, I'm turning around, what was that? What was that? What was that? My heart would start racing. So that was a good chunk of the day. So mind you, I was in that blind from about 5.30, maybe 6 a.m., right? And uh, I've been sitting there all day. And like I said, I enjoyed the morning. I really enjoyed, I, as annoying as it did get, I really did enjoy watching the squirrels, watching the chipmunks and the blue jays. But um, it was the day was kind of a bust for me because I saw no signs of deer whatsoever. 
But the highlight of my day, the most awesome part of my day was uh, these turkeys actually came into view. I had heard them like off in the distance, but I didn't think that I'd see them. But at around, um, let's say, 3, 3.30, maybe later, um, I can't honestly remember the time, um, but it was such an awesome moment for me because um, last year around March, I had wanted to, I was doing some turkey hunting prep, but unfortunately, I never got a chance to go turkey turkey hunting. Um, and I had learned to kind of turkey call without, um, you know, uh, a diaphragm or a turkey call at all. Like, I used no assistance whatsoever. And um, it was pretty cool. I think I'm pretty decent at it, but um, it's still something I could work on. So all of a sudden, I see about two or three turkeys just walking on by, maybe about 40 yards. I get hyped. Like, when I say hype, I mean my heart started racing because I had tags. I had turkey tags. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, crap, if I haven't seen a sign of deer all day, best thing I could do is uh, maybe bag a turkey. You know what I'm saying? So, so I'm like, all right, how am I going to do this? Because I literally had around my neck just hanging a grunt call. You know what I'm saying? And uh, there was no way I could do a turkey call with that. So then I had to remember the fact that I had been practicing turkey calls, just doing it with my mouth alone, nothing else. And I started going at it, started turkey calling. Um, and you know what? If you're listening, cover your ears because I'm about to do it for you. And, and you tell me whether or not my turkey calls sound all right. Ready? Here he goes. <clears throat> All right. You judge. You tell me if, whether or not uh, that sounded good. Hit me up with my DMs. But um, that turkey call was good enough to stop those three turkeys dead in their tracks um, and literally start looking around. So I did the call again. right same call did it again and this time all three of them are looking in my direction so basically with the way that the terrain played um the issue was that i was sitting at the top of a little bit of a hill so again while um you know i'm comfortable shooting 30 40 yards if i would have taken the shot it probably would have been a bad one in that I probably would have hit some kind of low-lying branches uh, at a tree, you know, towards the, the bottom of the hill where they were. But <clears throat> while that was really cool and had gotten my heart racing, what ended up being the, I, I want to say the, mo <laughs> the, the, the biggest highlight of my day was about an hour later, I want to say this time about a dozen more turkeys came through. I have never, ever in my um, entire life seen turkeys travel. I, you know what? I've never seen a wild turkey, period. Um, closest thing I've gotten a wild turkey has been in a bottle. All right. <laughs> Let's be honest. Um, and it was just an amazing sight to see. So... I went at it again and, and, you know, and tried my hand at, um, 
at Turkey Calling. And out of about, I want to say it's actually 13, not even a dozen. So let's make it a, uh, an easy 13. 13 turkeys all following this one turkey, right? It seems like the lead guy, whatever, the lead turkey, let's call him, right? And I went ahead and, and called again. And this time, um, probably half that group of turkeys stopped because that one turkey stopped looked in my direction so let's say about six of those turkeys stopped because this one turkey stopped and he looked in my direction started calling again this time because i want to say when i saw this group of turkeys they were way way farther out than uh than the three turkeys i saw the hour before and then uh they ended up i, I tried calling again this one turkey and maybe two or three others started making their way towards me. I'm like, yes, it's working. All right. I'm waiting. I'm watching. I call again. Now, at this point in time, and I I didn't know and I still don't know, honestly, um, what the pattern should be when you're when you're turkey calling. Like, how often should you do it? Like, when should you kind of like ease back or when should you like, you know, Again, like what pattern should it follow in order to reel these turkeys in? Um, and so now I've got this one and maybe three others, so four total, actually listening to me and coming in a little bit closer. I call one more time. They came in at about 40 yards, right? And then I guess I pressed my luck and called again. These guys just looked at me. It was like, ah, uh, yeah, we ain't going over there. And then they just went about their business and then just disappeared. I wanted to cry, man. It was the dopest thing I had ever seen, had done in terms of uh, my uh, my uh, minuscule hunting career. You know what I'm saying? But it was a great, great experience. Um I had never seen anything like that. I had never, up until then, I had never done anything like that. To be able to say I had, you know, I was able to do a turkey call, get them to stop in their tracks, look in my direction, and even come towards me. Um, you know what I'm saying? It's it's uh, a huge accomplishment on my part, I feel, because um, I would have thought that me trying to turkey call what do you call it um to begin with would have just scared them away and they would have just you know been off in the other direction um all in all the day you know day two was not a total bust you know what i'm saying while i didn't get to see any deer whatsoever getting to see those turkeys getting the opportunity to you know to call those turkeys in um, getting get them in just a little bit closer than they were when they were going past my blind was you know was awesome you know what I'm saying um getting to to watch the woods wake up you know come to life you know if you will was a huge blessing and something that you know basically I'd never forget so with that being said, ladies and gents, um, if you are listening to this, I appreciate you, um, you know, rocking with me and, and you know, waiting, if you were waiting, per se, you know, for this podcast to drop, this episode to drop. All right. 
Y'all have a blessed day, blessed night, whenever you are listening to this. And again, this was When the Hunt Calls, episode two. Be safe, y'all.